Hi, I'm Michelle. Hi, I'm Tara. Welcome to our podcast, Books and Beyond. So we caught up with an amazing personality today, Rajat Ubekar, who is the author of Truck Day India. So I mean, we really wanted him on this podcast because we were mind blown with the way he did his research. So in order to chronicle the lives of these truck drivers and the ecosystem in which they operate, he spent six months traveling all over India, hitchhiking at the backs of trucks. Yeah, I mean, who would do that? Yeah, like that's so cool, right? And you know, I loved about like how many facts and how much research was packed into the book. But it was so cleverly done. Like I wanted to know his process. Like how did he do it? So on this episode, we hope that you will learn how to write your own travel memoir. How do you balance, you know, taking this crazy adventure and taking notes while on it, and then actually putting it together into a beautiful book. So Rajat, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the book? Okay, so I thank you for having me on the show. And uh, to tell about myself, my background is in uh, engineering. I graduated in from electrical engineering from IIT Kanpur. Then I went on to do journalism at the Asian College of Journalism and uh, venture into journalism eventually. And uh, a few years back, I went on this trip with truck drivers and documented their lives, their stories. And that's what the book is about. We found this book super fascinating because I had never come across a book which spoke about this demographic ever before. So what made you want to chronicle the lives of truck drivers and go on, you know, this incredible journey throughout India, uh, finding out about them? Uh, So there were a few motivations that uh, drove me to do this journey. Firstly, was a personal sense of adventure. I wanted to do something crazy in my 20s and I wanted to travel the highways in a way that is not necessarily conventional. And secondly, uh, the main factor was that truck drivers, in spite of uh, playing this kind of crucial role in the nation's economy, it felt surprising to me that very, very little had been written about them or the problems they face, which I thought would be of some value to anyone, right from the perspective of economy to culture. So that was the motivation behind this trip. It's definitely not conventional. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Rajat, there is a paragraph in the book that I keep returning to about this driver who speaks about, you know, wanting to do MBA abroad. But he says that, you know, my father didn't allow me and he says no one should get a father like him. So we were just curious to know, like, what were your parents reactions? Like when you told them you just wanted to go on this journey. And even your friends, I mean, or yeah. anybody, your workplace, your colleagues. Yeah. So my parents were initially quite flabbergasted by this, but they were... <laughs> yeah. Uh, surprisingly supportive of this idea for a conventional Indian parents. You know, they are not necessarily the most kind of uh, very liberal or... <laughs> what do your parents do? My dad is a chartered accountant. No. Oh. And my mom has been a housewife, but uh, she also has ran a restaurant in between. Yeah, very uh, famous one, Borivli. Oh. Yeah, she's been an entrepreneur in her own way. So, yeah, that's what my parents do. But given their background and stuff, and we are not a family of writers or, you know, even readers. So, so they're yeah. into music, right? Yeah. Though they are into music, yeah, that's a different <laughs> art. But literature and <laughs> this thing, these things have been pretty far away from as far as my family mm. is concerned. So, given all these factors, I thought it was 
really commendable that they supported me and you know said go on and given my own background i think they were relatively more supportive because i had been out of the house earlier i'd been to military school then iit kanpur so in general they trusted me that i could find my way around <laughs> you know <laughs> india yeah but that's still quite amazing yeah, that you it is went on this trip i mean the stories in the book are so fascinating and just you know how you describe that you didn't have a plan and you sort of hitchhiked your way through the whole of india and the different characters you met so we were wondering you know what was a typical day like on the truck what was life like on the road you know i'm sure there must have been a lot of practical difficulties you face mm. because it's not the lifestyle you're used yeah. to so the like my typical day would begin around after breakfast and i would go on the highway trying to find someone who would be ready to take me so that was the first big challenge that you know a truck driver trusting me a complete stranger to just accompany him but uh, yeah that part of it usually lasted for around 15 minutes to half an hour when i would struggle to find a truck driver either at uh, say transport nagars in the town or petrol pumps dhabas i would just go wherever i could find them stationary Mm. and then once i was in the truck yeah i would just be in the moment and it's like once you're in the truck like that's when the real fun begins in a way <laughs> so i would think that these truck drivers are you know used to that kind of uh, unpredictable weather but then what about you how did you cope with the food with the weather and even like you know for your safety like weren't you worried so yeah to begin with the weather firstly you know it was uh, terribly inconvenient because the time i set in was april It was like peak summer, and April May was when I was traveling across North India. In the between, there was also a heat wave. Wow. Crazy, yeah. So Bad. that was yeah, pretty crazy. But having lived in Bombay, you know, it's at least not as sweaty and stuff <laughs> out there. <laughs> like usually, it is like dry heat, and it does pose Better. like a threat of sunstroke and etc. But uh, it's not like annoying, you know, where all the time you're sweating. And so in that sense, I don't know. I I had mentally prepared myself going like I knew that you cannot escape the weather right it's going to be there no matter what you do so I had steeled myself for that kind of conditions it was annoying in a way but I knew that these guys go through it day and night so I had no right to like you know complain or like whine about it so I just steeled myself and went along and uh, apart from that uh, the food too was wonderful like i had no issues at all dhaba food throughout <laughs> so how many hours a day would they be on the road they would be pretty much all day like if there a long trip then the, the trips could last like two days also so and what about safety like were safety you worried about safety wise to yeah i mean there were concerns like you never know like highways if they decide to be unkind to you then you are pretty much done for so there was always that element of uncertainty and uh, danger it was lurking all the time but not something in your control exactly so i would develop this kind of intuition i could say about you know if i am going setting out with someone um, whether this person is trustworthy or not i realized you can find out from the eyes and from the smile so like these two things are reveal a lot about a person so this was general too yeah so i love all these stories about you know your journey on the road the kinds of people you met and the book just has so many interesting incidents so i was wondering you know while you were on uh, the road how were you taking notes what was your process like uh, in terms of memory keeping and then finally putting everything that you gathered in the journey back into the narrative so i carried like five or six of these pocket notebooks 
they would be in my pocket all and not five of them together but like <laughs> once i would run out of another i would pick up the next so i would have a notebook and pen with me throughout and i was taking notes throughout like whatever i was whatever i observed whatever the driver said the the description of the places of the truck everything i printed notes they were often very like illegible <laughs> which i found out later <laughs> and often uh, it was difficult to take notes because the truck would sometimes vibrate a lot so it, like my hand would like shake all over so that was a bit of an issue so but in by and large i think notes were notes helped me recreate that along with photos like i took a lot of photos did you take uh, recordings Oh uh, no, I did not. I mean, I audio visual somehow was not my final output that I had in mind. So plus, it is so loud in the truck. I mean, it's like a vain exercise if you try to record what they are saying. Because the truck's rumble itself would drown out any kind of uh, any any conversation. And they play music also. You meant? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that that too. So yeah, that also <laughs> made it inconvenient certainly. Yeah. And uh, music was yeah, one of the. uh things which made the journey go faster it, in general it made the environment much better every trucker had his, had his own choice of music so throughout most of them do play music a couple of them were like not into music so much so they did not bother but uh, in general they are huge music fans <laughs> throughout yeah and uh, we found your book very informative rajat for example there are no mosquitoes in kashmir <laughs> like i remember just telling my mom see there are no uh, mosquitoes in kashmir you know it's amazing how you just included such interesting details like if i can just read out a bit from page 43 like you have written it's a curious phrase santisvi jat i hope i'm pronouncing it right the 37th caste so we did not know about this actually before and it was very enlightening so like how did you know like how did you decide what information to be included in it and you know how to keep the narrative flowing so you know as far as what to include you know i wanted to firstly write about the lives of truckers and their own self perception about themselves that i thought was important in the sense how they perceive themselves in relation to the rest of society so this 37th caste this santisvi jat i found it very interesting because it brought together their whole pariah status in society and how they were they perceive themselves as the sort of misfits and outcasts in the general society so that one though i had to include but apart from that in general i wrote the book from the point of view of a reader only whenever i would write it i would edit it later i would think okay is the reader going to get bored i did not want the reader to get bored i mean in general i did not want to be like okay i have collected so much information let me just put it all out there so i removed quite a bit of it while i was editing itself so so that the narrative remains taut and you know compelling wow so like uh, was it just like a self intuition or like was it your editor who pointed out that you need to i mean i think in my in the finished form that i the manuscript which i gave the editor i mean i had done a lot of editing myself wow. only so that i mean and also i showed it to my brother and to some other close friends whom i thought okay just read it you know and some of them who were also not re- necessarily readers as such who you know are very patient and forgiving of any <laughs> sort of digressions so i also showed it to Uh, such people who who would provide that kind of perspective because readers perceive themselves as readers they are often very you know they are like okay this is fine mm-hmm. as long as the language is good or you know that sort of thing i did not want i wanted it to be accessible to all types of readers right from serious readers to someone who is you know reading not necessarily a very voracious reader 
I think what you said makes a lot of sense, and you are very kind to your reader. Both of us, you know, found the book very accessible. Absolutely. Um, and we found it a very smooth read. But we were wondering, you know, you must have collected so much material, um, just the research that you did on, you know, even the economics of the booking and commission agents, yeah. um, you know, the overcrowding on the trucks, which you mentioned. How did you edit your own work? How did you decide what to keep in and what to cut out? So certain crucial socio-economic aspects of the freight transport industry, which is in general ignored, whereas transportation is like the backbone of the economy. So those things I wanted to include, yeah, I had to include because it has not been written in a in sort of popular literature at all. You will find some papers and stuff like, but you know, in popular literature, it was not written about. So I thought I had to write about it. But at the same time, the challenge was how to make booking agents and commission agents interesting. You did that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. I, that was like, because it's like, Sunte anybody will probably fall asleep. So that was, in general, economics is something which needs to be dealt with I don't know, to keep, that, that is where the challenge really comes in. Like, as far as descriptions of people go and characters go, that is relatively easier work. But uh, describing the economy, which can be a bit dry, that's why people hate economics in general. I mean, reading textbooks and stuff. So that was a challenge. No, it worked actually. Yeah, like I think you've balanced it very well. So, you know, one of the things that we really loved about the book is uh, how you talk about the friendships that you cultivated with some of these truck drivers, especially with this truck driver called Jora, who you then dedicated your epilogue yeah. to. So I just wanted to know, you know, could you tell us about the friendships that you cultivated, given that you guys are from such different backgrounds? What was it like and what did you guys connect on? Um, I think uh, one of the major points on which we connected was probably intoxication. <laughs> because he was uh, like one of the most uh, kind of a crazy person, as far as the craziest persons I met as far as his uh, consumption of intoxication go. So, his, so we would like bond over cigarettes. <laughs> so it's interesting how you mentioned that you know because you didn't judge them they just opened up to you so I think uh, we all need to like learn uh, from that and you also mentioned in the book uh, that you know there was an unlearning process which was interesting like you know we all believe in stereotypes and you know we used to listen to Sardar jokes and how you know your uh, view on them it just it completely changed that so what would you like to say about that? Yeah, I mean I've realized you know the heart of traveling lies in unlearning in demolishing all your preconceived notions about a place otherwise it's just tourism unless you are unlearning something about a place it's often just you know sightseeing so that I felt was at the heart of traveling and it had to come across in a book in some way so for example about Sardars uh, them not begging at all ever so you would never see it in Bombay or in places like this but you go to Punjab and you will see some Sardars doing it so that whole perception about them being especially proud people which is of course true like stereotypes do exist for a reason but you also learn that there are there is another side to it so yeah you know you wrote about we mentioned that you've written about so many things in your book so I was wondering when you started off on your journey did you have sort of a list of topics that you wanted to explore and cover or did it come to you organically as you went about your journey no no it came pretty organically like I had, because there was no written material available, say about overloading or all these things, there was nothing available for me to base my work on. So 
so i had to discover it as i went along because i tried to do some research nothing almost literally nothing came up so how was i to even decide what to write about i had to discover it myself so i think i pretty much uh, learned about the industry as i went along as i traveled at different discovered different facets of the industry so for example overloading i did not know was such a huge issue i mean nobody really thinks about it right and what kind of impact it has on the road accidents to the condition of the roads in general the general uh, freight economy so all these things i learned about as i went along so did you like always know you wanted to uh, travel and write about travel like in college or in school or was it just a recent thing um traveling yeah in college i think i have really developed that uh, sort of desire to see as much of india as i could as i learned more about india the red more i realized there's like a wealth of stories like there's stories everywhere teeming with stories and there's nothing being done like there's not as much as possible being done about it so i wanted to travel and india being so vast it has always fascinated me like i am a student of india in many ways <laughs> so that. yeah so uh, i had to do it and traveling is there's no better way than traveling right to study india in a way so in college i think i slowly developed this uh, desire and after college i worked in a management consultancy for a year just to see what the whole corporate world is <laughs> like so that you know i don't have regrets later oh my god why did i do this so, so how was it it was very boring and like <laughs> after that i realized no <laughs> this i'm happy doing what i wanted to do no regrets yeah so after got into journalism for the same reason it was so offered avenues for travel and exploration i did not want a desk job basically in my early 20s i did not want to be chained to a desk i think very know. few of us want that <laughs> yeah i guess so so yeah so you spoke about you know being a journalist and travel being a corollary to that uh so did you find that your training as a journalist helped you um, while even researching and writing this book and how did it help you yeah definitely it helped me uh, in the sense that it gave me the confidence okay like i am a journalist now <laughs> yeah <laughs> plus also the training in like asking questions firstly it's also a sort of a ingrained skill also it's not something that can necessarily be learned in a journalism school like the art of i don't know asking questions in a way that the other person opens up and tells you what he feels really and not being judgmental about it so all these things like that whole neutrality which you know journalism sort of cultivates and it teaches you all the time you have to be neutral so yeah one of the things that really stood out right away is that there's no female presence in the yeah. book which makes sense because you know the life on the road and uh, you know the social milieu that you were operating in makes it difficult and the only females that we actually came across were prostitutes so yeah. how did you feel about uh, that while writing the book after the whole journey i was like craving for you know seeing some women <laughs> <laughs> i was so tired of looking at grimy men <laughs> and in general the grime of the highway so that was one thing i had to deal with but apart from that uh, i guess the female presence was uh, naturally very limited it was i think there are three or four women character i mean they're not even characters they're like passing mentions to the women so one of them is as like the prostitutes i think the other one was the gujjar woman who was hitchhiking with us uh, in uh, kashmir so there was one of them and uh, in nagaland was, there was a slight break, break in the monotony the masculine monotony as i'm called it so there you saw women in women were pretty 
like you could see them they were in the public sphere so to say so you saw women in on the highways in the dhabas and the paramilitary forces like in dimapur like it was full of women like really pretty women with these <laughs> guns so i was like flabbergasted and it's unimaginable in the rest of india right to see women with like wearing combat fatigues and like with guns in their hands so in general that was a uh, quite a good break from the rest of the <laughs> oh wow i mean it makes you think a little bit about you know the territories that you can venture into based on your gender and given that yeah. Yeah. uh you know uh you're a guy you had the privilege of documenting yeah uh this cohort which is quite interesting yeah i mean i know that in, i had a sense that uh, you know i am privileged enough to be doing it as a guy and other women also who I spoke to before the journey they said okay oh, wish i was a guy i could do it and you know i have i had no in this current scenario in india i don't think it will be possible for a woman to do it so i was aware of my privilege but at the same time this world itself is a masculine world so that does not mean it should not be documented <laughs> right <laughs> and i think uh, females have access to certain worlds which men do not have so in that way it is yeah and uh, what we also found brilliant uh, rajat is how you know the narrator's voice doesn't really overpower the characters so how did you do that did you do it consciously like you know all the characters should stand out and you should just be a spectator yeah it was a pretty conscious decision because a lot of the travel writing i have read in general has this tendency to lapse into solipsism and uh, yeah this sort of uh, self indulgence where the narrator is more concerned with narrating his own travels it's like it's more it's a book about often how i came to write this book <laughs> i love that you didn't do that yeah that's what like we loved that part. yeah so it was a conscious decision i did not want to make it about myself at all in the sense i the whole purpose of it was like build this world of truckers like tell their story tell the story of their world rather than my own world which is like very uninteresting <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that's not true but what according to you makes a good travel book and are there you know a few travel books that you find are your go to your guidelines your inspiration yeah so in travel writing uh, i really like saman subramaniam he has written fa following fish and this divided island both of which i really liked because he also like this sort of uh, narration where understated narration with uh, where the narrator like just there in the background and not forcing his opinions or down our throats throughout like how paul thoreau does sometimes actually in general he can be very condescending and uh, sort of uh, judgmental about the people he meets even oh, pankaj mishra for instance uh, in his book butter chicken in ludhiana yeah there also he is very condescending of the people he meets in general so this sort of thing i did not want to go into i don't know another travel writer who I really like is uh, srinath perur who's written yeah uh, the madurai yeah if, if it's monday it must be madurai that also i found a really interesting idea that also gave me the inspiration that it can happen so his idea was writing about conducted tours in, in which people oh. go on group tours with you know these companies and yeah. stuff in general so could you imagine anything more boring than that? just to imagine that okay going on a conductor tour like i shudder at the thought but <laughs> he went there and he actually made this whole idea work and interest he made it very interesting so it also gave me the inspiration sort of that anything can be made interesting if you have the vision and if you have the courage to go and do it and somehow just make it work so 
both of these guys i think really inspired me and apart from that you know travel writing it's not necessarily travel writing but aman sethi's uh, a free man that one that one is about uh, laborers in delhi it's about the underclass about uh, the so called informal economy which really inspired me that there is so many stories to be told about informal india there's too many stories out there about formal india like but so both all these books really i think influenced me wow so many book recommendations <laughs> Uh, so rajat what advice would you like to give uh, other you know young people who want to embark on such journeys but they find it difficult you know because of the risk or just the fear i think uh, i would like to reassure them that uh, most of the people in india are decent people i mean the media tends to highlight all these stray cases of violence and stuff but majority of the people in india are decent people and uh, if it were not the case then india would have been like in a state of civil war or total general anarchy okay. given its population so uh, that is one thing the fear is kind of uh, overstated in our minds so that is one reassurance i would like to give and apart from that it's about personal inclination if you are inclined towards say comfort and luxury obviously you would rather go to like some spa hotel in <laughs> kerala rather than this but if you are inclined and if you are willing to tolerate the heat the discomfort and the in general the lack of hygiene also in many places in india then uh, any like india is your oyster <laughs> it is full of stories and uh, it's a wonderful place which uh, might not be in the conventional instagram worthy sense but <laughs> it's a wonderful place and fascinating place full of stories so just go out there and you know do your thing don't worry about what anyone else thinks so yeah i mean i love your positivity when it comes to you know finding all of these stories and i agree it's just a treasure trove of people's stories waiting to be discovered and that's very exciting um so you know your book is sort of an anthropological study of uh, a demographic that's never been looked at before so what would you hope that it accomplishes and did you have a target audience in mind when you were writing it um target audience i had no clue i did not have anyone in mind like some writers say that you know keep one guy in mind while you are writing <laughs> like the book. ideal reader yeah, this one guy who's looking at you and your work but i did not have anyone in such mind i had no idea who the target reader was and uh, so i was pretty much writing for myself and for this hypothetical reader who does not want to be bored by <laughs> the book so that was my target audience but uh, what it wants to achieve i would say if it gets rid of the sort of terrible stereotypes that exist about truckers as you know drunkards and in general whoremongers all these things are epithets are often assigned to them and from the long term perspective you know i have realized that uh, travel literature in, for in general has been a source of history across time say sure. so say, ibn batuta marco polo yuan yeah. sang all these people came and that is how we reconstruct our history but in all these accounts you find that there is a total neglect of the ordinary people you know you have no idea how they live their lives you have no idea how to reconstruct their lives because these accounts were also written for a specific audience and the writers also belong to a certain courtly background and so they hung around with these nobles and stuff they wouldn't go hang around with a peasant my hope is that you know if this work of travel literature survives 
how many drafts i did not necessarily maintain this kind of draft system i would just go on editing i had one document and i would just go on tweaking 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 and finally the end product came so i did not go this structure okay draft one i thought it only confused me and then i would forget like which draft is mine and <laughs> my <laughs> so this whole draft system i kind of avoided like each chapter i would keep there and i would slowly tweak 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 and finally i would reach the end on google docs i worked mainly because i had a terrible experience of losing my first novel which i wrote oh, in no. wrote in like 10th class Oh, about no. my military oh, school experience novel. yeah okay. i wrote like 100 pages of it okay in 10th <laughs> class and then my computer crashed my hard drive oh. crashed and it was i could oh, not no. retrieve it so after a terrible That's experience a yeah. yeah i realized no way i'm going to work on the cloud now now that we have this cloud <laughs> thing yeah. so but you have a great memory uh, rajat so like would you like recreate that novel do you think you'll ever rewrite no, it no i one of the sad thing one of the things i regret a lot because one thing i'll be able to recreate like do all my memories do you think that you want to write fiction yeah. i might in the future yeah i mean definitely a possibility but uh, right now i'm inclined towards uh, travel writing and in i like to work on multiple projects so in parallel i might work on something whenever i run into challenges with this project if you actually could would you change anything if you could go back and would you change anything about your trip or about the book nothing not a That's thing amazing. not a single no thing regrets. i came out of it alive and unharmed <laughs> and i'm like here talking about it that's more than enough for me literally nothing i can think of how like long did it take you uh, from when you got back from your journey to actually finishing the final draft of your book uh so it took me 6 uh, months i traveled on the road with truckers uh, spread across 2 3 years and uh, it took me around a little more than a year one year two months or so to like write the book so i had like noted down my uh, whatever made it fair my whatever in illegible notes mm-hmm. as soon as i came back home i did all that because i knew i would forget forget the context of in which that note had been written so i did that i had a lot of material there and then once all that material was there it took me around a year or a year and two months yeah and uh, since you mentioned that you took a year to write it So like what kind of support did you receive like because you know it's very difficult for struggling writers to survive so how was it for you so uh, the first leg of my trip actually i was uh, you know uh, i was on the payrolls of the magazine i was working for wow. outlook business so my editor had very kindly agreed to commission a six part series based on this is that also available yeah it's there on the site so i had commissioned uh, this year so i was on the payrolls of so that was not an issue in fact 
I was on such a shoestring budget, like <laughs> my expenses were next to nothing. And uh, apart from that, Indian Oil also then sponsored this. Like wow. they sponsored the first leg of my project because I think it was in tune with their whole, you know, oil trucks. That's stuff. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So the financial support in that sense was good. And uh, apart from that, while writing the book, I supported myself through some copywriting for startups and. Uh, so in uh, being from IIT, like I have some friends out there who are in that need of <laughs> services. So uh, that was it. And also journalism for a while. So that's how it worked out for me. So what was your journey like towards actually getting this book published? It was like a dream come true because, uh, you know, I did not have to go through this whole process of say, hiring an agent and then you know, pitching the manuscript to multiple publishers before it is finally commissioned. So, the editorial director of Simon & Schuster, Dharini Bhaskar, she stumbled upon my articles in wow. Outlook and uh, Roads and Kingdoms. And then one fine day, I get a mail from her, like, would you like to Oh, that's amazing. Wow. So, did that it? happen before you set out to write the book? Or did that no, happen? after, after. It happened in uh, 2017. Okay. And uh, then... Uh, 2018, I decided I should like go on a South India trip just to like, because I not wanted to be restricted to North India and the Northeast. So just to give it a sense of completion in 2018, I went on a South India trip for like two months or so. And after that, I wrote the book in a year and two months. And so it was like very, very fortunate. We're happy for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like and out of all the stories and all the places, Rajat, I just want to know which is the most interesting place that you visited. I mean, don't say all and, and in oh. your life. Yeah, what is the most interesting place you so ever far? Visited? Yeah. Um, uh, in your life or this journey, well, anything? Both. Yeah, I think. So I think uh, uh, in India there are some places which I find interesting. One of them is actually Kerala. Uh, because it is this sort of only, I would call it the only developed part of India. Developed really? in its true sense. Not that it has industries and huge highways. But developed in the sense of clean water bodies. No sight of slums. Like even the poor people in, India don't, in Kerala don't really live in slums. Like there's oh. literally no slums. I traveled across the coast of Kerala. There's some 600 kilometers. And only at the northern edge of Kerala did I finally see some slums. Wow. So it is truly developed and clean. People have civic sense and uh, they sort of demand stuff from the government. This whole my bap attitude, ki, okay, bhai, de do, de do. Like, they demand it. It's our right as citizens. So in general, I find it a place and sort of culture that all of India should. Uh, wow. Have you been to. there, Michelle? Um, no. Neither have I. Uh, so I just really want to know, did you get bored on this journey and how did you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, I did not get bored as such, uh, I would say. like There were long journeys where often the conversation would also run out. You would just be staring, but just staring out of the window and looking at India pass by. That was the whole idea of this trip. It's amazing. Yeah. So I did not get bored. I was throughout observing something. There are so many things to observe about India like wherever you go there's something or the other which is interesting and just looking outside I love it I mean I love just the feeling of being on the road so no I can't say I got bored yeah so what's next Rajat? Uh, next I think I will I am working on this project about uh, pilgrimages in India pretty cool so, very interesting 
yeah so that is uh, i mean i'm fascinated by this idea of movement and why people choose to move from here and there in india what are the motivations so pilgrimages i feel are like a kind of a very fascinating thing about india given this whole modern age we live in the fact that they exist and in fact have only grown what what are the pilgrims thinking what are the motivations for going on a trip what is the economy of uh, these pilgrimage places what is the history and mythology behind it and and what are the pundits like i don't know there's so many stories out there what are their thoughts everything i want to i think bring together i think it will make for an interesting travel especially but of course it's like i'll take a lot of research and uh, traveling before have you started it. the traveling yeah, I've, research uh, i've started the research writing the introduction as we speak just to clarify this whole project in my own mind so writing the introduction starting the research started the research already but traveling i think will take at least a year so let's see hoping hoping for the best yeah best of luck yeah, i mean yeah. we'll be waiting to read it thank yeah. you okay so you know one of the things that we liked about the book is the cover actually and the artwork that it's was great, on that yeah. so could you tell us a little bit about how that came to be so that was done uh, by simon and sister and the idea of course came from the kind of general truck art we see in india which has these sort of loose art aesthetic conventions across the country like all these artists are bound by these conventions which no one really knows how they came up because it's history it's kind of poorly documented but i did try to do some research and i feel it is deeply linked to the nature of transport in india itself so in general you have these colorful beasts of burden going around but where the rest of the world is kind of boring and bland in terms of its truck art i think it's related to the nature of transport in india across the past so in the past banjaras they were the primary truck drivers you could call them the they used to yeah they were nomads who used to go around in massive caravans of say 10 to 20000 bullock carts carrying food carrying supplies supplying them to armies supplying them to the cities so these people also uh, used to decorate their animals actually oh. in a very interesting and their carts everything so this whole sort of decoration slowly seeped into oh, truck art wow. that is my so that is why you see this i mean if you read the descriptions historical descriptions of the banjaras and their animals you will notice the exact and these old tassels hanging from the so the bulls you know they have these tassels yeah, hanging the same that. thing are is hanging from the trucks on the oh, sides right interesting yeah so in general there is this uh, relation between uh, pack animal design and uh, <laughs> Uh, wow. So we'll have a small rapid fire round now. Um, so can you just name one book that made you fall in love with reading? Uh, I think that would be English August uh, by Upamanyu Upa Chatterjee. Chatterjee. That was like my first uh, sort of foray into so-called literary fiction. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah. yeah so if not writing, then what? If not writing, oh god. <laughs> can't think of anything <laughs> <laughs> that's the correct answer <laughs> your favorite writing place uh my room nice so what's your favorite travel destination uh that would i think be meghalaya because uh, i've really loved the natural beauty plus the khasi culture it was very fascinating and at the same time it is not uh, you know inaccessible in a way like nagaland or manipur is and not also as dangerous so i think meghalaya would be in india so thank you so much for speaking to us today rajat like uh, this is one of the most interesting books i have read in my life i'm sure even for tara so 
I mean, we just hope that you write more interesting books and live like your life to the fullest. So thank you for taking out the time. Thank you. It was a great pleasure to be here. Tara, after that conversation, I really feel like picking up my backpack and just going on this journey and then writing down like all my experiences about it. What I know, about you? I really want to go on an adventure right now. I'm so glad we got to speak to Rajat and find out about his process and how he did it. And it's so great to know how humble all of these writers are. And our next writer is no exception. She's Tashan Mehta. She is a speculative fiction writer. And she was a mentor at two of our retreats and we both are so fond of her. Yeah, it was such absolutely. a fun conversation. We love speaking to Rajat and we hope you enjoyed our conversation with him too. If you have any feedback or if you want to reach out to us, we are on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Bound India. 